we are going to revisit that song at the end of the service. And uh, we'll open up the altar specifically that you might come. We're also going to have some communion time to share in that fellowship as well. And I will guide you through that at the end of the service. But today we are in the last message of the series called God Answers. And uh, we're talking about the second message uh, on this particular subject, praying for God's guidance. I didn't get through it all last week, and I just said we're going to do that in a two-part series. Uh, We talked about Habakkuk. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to open them up to the book of Habakkuk, I know it's hard to find. Last week I called it a TOC book, Table of Contents, all right? If you need to go there, find it. That's perfectly fine at First Baptist Church. Or go to the book of Matthew and go backwards five books, and you'll run right into the minor prophet of Habakkuk. He only has three chapters, and so it's a pretty short book, uh, and so as you're finding that, uh, hopefully the pages don't stick together in your Bible, right? Um, As you're finding that, let me give you a couple of uh, fill-ins of what we talked about last week, and you see that I haven't filled in the parts that we covered last week, but I had mentioned that there's a, a prerequisite for guidance, And that was namely that we ask God for the answer and we expect God to answer. Pretty simple, but that thought comes out of James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. In fact, would you read that with me? Let's look up here at the screen so we're all in the same version. Read it with me. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So the prerequisite there, ask God for the answer, expect him to answer, and you'll recall as well from last week, if you were here last week, that I gave you four kind of ways that God answers our requests, okay? Do you remember what they were? The first one was no. Remember the second one? The second one was slow. Third one was grow. And the fourth one was not yes, not yes, but go. Go. And and let me give you a little bit more of a reasoning of how sometimes those come about. All right? Uh, And I know this is not on your notes, but you can fill this in the margins if you'd like. Many times God will say no if the request is wrong might not be something that he wants us to experience at that time. It might not be that he wants us to experience it at all. So the request that we're asking may be wrong. Second thing is that when God says slow, is that the timing may be wrong. The timing may be wrong. It's not right yet. We are not even ready to receive this kind of a blessing or this kind of an answered prayer one way or the other. And so it's slowly for the timing isn't right yet. Third way, uh, we talked about an answer is to grow, and that may be because we are wrong. We're not ready yet. Maybe it's not the right prayer request. We need to pray through that, or maybe it's not yet. We need to grow in our faith, and then God will bring that about at another time. The last one there then is go, and I wrote that down to say if everything is right, if everything lines up, if everything matches, then that is where we get the go answer. And so let me share with you a a God answer that maybe by our own human standards has kind of been a slow answer to prayer. Um, 
Back in March, you'll recall that I uh, spoke with you um, on a Sunday morning because on the night before, or actually the day and a half before, so it was on Friday night, uh, Dean Dorman had um, been in a bad auto accident. And as Dean was in that accident, he was uh, really fighting for his life. And so as a prayer, as a church, we prayed together for God to spare Dean's life. And God answered that. Dean is alive today. And so we, we praise God for that. We also, sure, we can say thank you to God. Thank you. We also, though, prayed for 110% healing. And that was the phrase that really came from his mom. 110%. Let's pray for that. And so we had even a special prayer night for Dean to pray over the family and to pray for Dean very specifically. Um, That may be one that humanly we may be saying, okay, that's slow to come. And yet, God is faithful. God will answer in his right timing. Because after a month-long coma... Uh, Dean has been receiving uh, therapy, um, and about a month ago, uh, Dean's uh, dad sent me a video, and it was of Dean doing some therapy exercises, and so the first video I'm going to show you was him doing this about a month ago, and then his dad talks over the top of the video at the end of it, and then the second video was from this last week, uh, and that was his mom talking to Dean as Dean now is relearning how to even speak. So you'll see both these videos are going to come up right now. Uh, Let's go ahead and roll that. Um, The first video, as I said, was of him doing some therapy here. Um, The therapist is speaking a little bit, but then you'll hear the dad speak here at the end. So uh, take a look to see how Dean's doing here. You feel kind of good on your legs? I want to push you guys a little faster. Oh, my God. The motor's running, right? Right now the motor's not running. He's doing that all by himself? He's actually like riding a bike right now with his own power. Yep. Dean, you're looking good. God is healing you 110%, and you'll be walking and talking completely, huh? Can you say amen? God is good. Amen. 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 God is good. All right. It's coming. It's coming. God is answering that. Even though it may be slow in our timing, God's timing is perfect. Amen? Amen. And you can pray for the entire Dorman family because this week, Dean comes home from the hospital. And so that's going to be a transition back into the home. And we can pray for Marty and Michelle of how they continue to care for him and for his continued recovery in his life. And so, you know, that was uh, intercessory prayer that we did at that time and even had a prayer night and praying for that family. Uh, Many of these prayer requests that we have up here and on the back wall are intercessory prayer as well. But the the message that I started last week deals with a little different kind of prayer, and that is prayers of guidance that we pray that God gives to us. They're guidance-seeking prayers that we've all prayed from time to time. And so the four insights, and I got through two of them last week, but the four insights I'm going to share with you are things that Moses did in Scripture, modeled for us, things that David did in Scripture, things that um, uh, Nehemiah did in Scripture and modeling these. Even Jesus did this to hear his Father's voice. And so the verse here that Habakkuk models for us is out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And you can either read it here on the front side, halfway down, or read it from the screen. But let's read this one again, okay? This is Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. Read it with me. I will climb my watchtower 
and wait to see what the Lord will tell me to say and what answer he will give to my complaint. The Lord gave me an an this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I revealed to you so that it can be read at a glance. All right, so here's the deal. We talked last week about the importance of withdrawing, that is, getting alone to a quiet place to hear God's voice. And then we discussed the um, importance of also waiting, and that is calming your thoughts and your emotions. So today, we're going to get into the nuts and the bolts. When we do those things, when we withdraw, when we wait, then we come before God and say, okay, God, can you give me an answer for guidance on the steps that I'm taking? And let me say this as well. Last week, we, I, I challenged you. Find a specific area in your life that you'd be praying for. A specific area that you need guidance. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's with some schooling that you're looking at going into. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's with your marriage. Maybe it's with a friendship. Maybe it's with your finances and something you're dealing with. Maybe it's a health and you're making some decisions about health in your life. Maybe it's just something in the future. Maybe it's with your family. Think specifically something, a specific situation that you're seeking guidance on. And my challenge is today... To apply these, as you applied the, la the first two last week, apply the next two this week. And my prayer is that you will be receiving guidance from the Lord um, as he speaks to you and leads you. Okay, so let's jump into the third point. It's on the back of the outline, and it says this. It's to weigh. Weigh impressions with God's word. Weigh impressions for consistency throughout God's word. In fact, look what it says out of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says, the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. Let me say it this way. Nothing God reveals to you will contradict something that he has said elsewhere in his word. No answer you receive is going to contradict anything else that is in scripture. So many answers that we are looking for, I think, are written in Scripture, and many times they're already revealed to us. In fact, a common phrase that people say is, I'm just looking for God's will in my life. God, will you show me what your will is for me? Give me guidance in that. You know, that very phrase is used a number of times in Scripture. Let me give it to you a couple times. Out of 1 Peter um, chapter 2, there's an interesting verse, and it says this. It says, for this is the will of God. Already right there. You see it. It's written up. It, it says, this is God's will. What is it? Here it comes. That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance talk of foolish people. Maybe you're in a situation where you're praying, God, what do you want me to do? And maybe God is leading you to the place of saying, do the good thing. Do the right thing. Follow through with that. And as you do... That will even silence someone who may be speaking out against God or may be speaking out against you. That, that's God's will. In all situations, doing good, that you should then silence the foolish talk of ignorant people. Look at this verse out of uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. Again, same phrase. The last one, that phrase was written by Peter. This one's written by Paul. It says, for this is the, what does it say here? The what? The will of God. There it is. It's already written up. What is it? Your sanctification. 
You're becoming more like Christ. Your growth, your Christ-likeness, that is God's will for your life in all things. Then it goes a little bit further. And Paul says specifically that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Uh Uh-oh, starting to step on toes now, right? That you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. You in a relationship that's dragging you down? Are you in a relationship that's causing you to falter in that way? Maybe God's word is saying, be done with it. Get separation. At least get accountability around you. And if that does not help, then maybe that relationship needs to go by the wayside. Are you living with someone? If you're living together with someone and sleeping together, that is not within God's will for you. If you're looking for guidance, is this going to be the person that I marry? If you're living with them right now, I would say no. Separate. When you separate, you can find that out in a greater way. When you're not engaged sexually, you can find that out in a greater way. There's a lot of areas that that this covers right here. You want to have holiness. You want to have honor in your life. That's how God gives us guidance, and he spells it out here very, very clearly. Let me give you another one. Uh, You know, the book of uh, Philippians, Ephesians, and Colossians, very, very practical. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 3. It says, bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I mean, just this morning, I was praying with someone who was praying for their family members who had a rift years ago. They'd never been closed. And she just prayed, God, would you mend that rift? If you're here today and you've been in a rift with a family member or maybe a friend, it's your step to step out there and say, I'm going to forgive you. Even if they don't want to forgive you, I'm going to forgive you. Why? Because God has forgiven me. That's God's guidance towards us. That's God's specific steps that he wants us to take. And sometimes that may be the grow area. He's waiting for you to take that step before then he can answer some other areas in your life. That's something you struggle with. You need to take that step. That's specifically out of God's word. I'm going to give you a fourth verse. And again, you can find these verses all over scripture. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, oftentimes this is referred to um, within marriage. And you might counsel someone, well, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. Yes, absolutely. I believe if you are a, a, a Christ follower following him, and you're engaged or you're dating someone who is not, Bible would have significant purpose and reason for you to say, this is not a relationship that I want to continue in. Now, if you're already in that relationship, if you're already husband and wife, it's not saying that you should separate. And it's not saying that at all. You stay within that marriage. You pray for that spouse. But if you're dating someone who's not equally yoked in that way, I would say God's guidance for you is to say, no, I shouldn't be in that kind of a relationship. And it goes beyond just marriage. I think it might go within business partnerships. If you're entering into a business partnership and they don't share the same godly values you do, they don't have the same morals, that could be a recipe for disaster down the road. Not being equally yoked in your common vision and goals and morals, uh, values and morals. Um, All these types of things are in scripture and that's why we encourage you, not just when you're looking for uh, answers, 
but at all times in your life to continue to let God's word speak to you. Now, some of you may say, well, I don't know scripture very well. How do I find those kind of verses? That is exactly why we offer community groups around here. It's exactly why we say get into some sort of a fellowship, a Sunday school class, a community group, a Bible study, or if you specifically would like one-on-one mentoring, we have that available here at First Baptist as well. Pastor Derek has done a great job of setting that up, has some godly, godly men who are stepping out and willing to mentor others. Uh, Valerie Turner, our women's coordinator for women's ministry, has done the same thing with women's ministry, saying if you'd like to do a one-on-one relationship, a mentorship, step in and, and get involved. So if you not know Valerie or Derek, Pastor Derek, talk to them, or today at the Next Step Center, you can talk to Amber out there, and she'd be more than happy to help you set you up with a relationship that will mentor you and help you to see these kind of things will help you to be able to seek God's guidance and the way maybe an answer that you're receiving with wise counsel and the rest of God's word to see if that is what God is directing you towards now sometimes it helps to kind of put a little analogy on here and so let me try this there's a story I remember hearing years ago about a man uh, by the name of F.B. Meyer who was a sailing into a harbor, and this was a time before they had a lot of the, the um, uh, machine uh, instruments to be able to gauge where boats should sail into a dock. And he stood out on, a, on, a, on a, the dock at nighttime as the boat was sailing into the harbor, and he looked at all these lights of the city that was up on the hill that they were sailing into. And he wasn't a, a boatsman and wasn't a... a um, hadn't been on ship very much, and so he pulled a sailor aside, and he said, you know, it's kind of confusing, because there's a lot of lights out there for you to be sailing towards. How do you know how to get into the harbor at just the right angle? I mean, they, they don't have it dredged out in certain locations. You can run aground. How do you know how to sail right in there without running into some complication? And here's what the sailor said. <clears throat> he said, you see those lights up on the hillside? He said, there's a lot of lights there. He said, you've got to ignore all the lights but those yellow lights that you see. And all of a sudden, F.B. Meyer said, oh, yeah, I see kind of the yellowish lights. Those are the three lights that we are looking for. He says, when you sail in at a certain angle and all of a sudden those lights come into lining up with one another, as soon as you see those three lights line up, that's when you go full steam ahead. That's when you sail. What's he, what's he saying here? He's saying, ignore all the other lights. He says, choose the right lights to line up. And when you line them up, then sail in with confidence. All right, most of us aren't going to go out on a boat and do that this afternoon. So what are you talking about, Pastor Brad? The lights as I view them are different things in your life that you need to line up. And when you line those up, then you can go full steam ahead. What are some of those lights? I would definitely say God's Word is one of those lights. And when God's Word speaks to you or you look for guidance and counsel in that, that's one of the lights that you use. A second is God's Holy Spirit. And as God's Holy Spirit places something in your heart, if He just gives you the right feel of going this way or going that way, God's Spirit is going to speak to you in that way. And so there's a second light that kind of gets lined up. Let me give you a third one, and that would be wise counsel in your life. 
having other godly men or women speak to you. If you're a man, have other men. If you're a woman, have other women who speak to you. If you're a husband and wife and you're, uh, you're both Christ followers, let that other person speak to you in a way that can say, yes, I believe this is how God is speaking to you now. And so you line up God's Word. You line up the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You get wise counsel from others. And let me give you a fourth light that you can line up as well. That would be the way God has shaped you. The way God has made you, kind of your, your, your personality or your giftings that God has given to you. God may use that as a way of also speaking into your life. And when you line up all those things and they feel like they're in the same row, now you can go and you can say, okay, this is how I think God's speaking. This is how I feel like God is answering the prayer that I'm praying. And let me encourage you as well, just kind of some thoughts on this. Don't let uh, paralysis by analysis take over, okay? That, that's those things that we say, oh, I'm not so sure. Should I do this? Should I do that? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't want to take a step. Maybe, maybe not. Rarely will you know 100%. Rarely will you know 100%. But when those lights start lining up, maybe even three out of the four start lining up, that's when it's a go and go. Now, you might ask, um, what if it doesn't turn out like I thought it would? Was I off, or did I not discern things right? Let me give you a different thought on this. God's bigger plan for you is Christ-likeness. God's bigger plan for you, even than, um, you know, this specific thing you may be praying for, is for you to be more like his son. That's his ultimate goal throughout life. He can use struggles in your life to bring you to that place. I, I teach this concept with many um, uh, married couples. We, we've had a love and respect class, or I'll counsel couples, and I'll say, you know what? You will struggle in your marriage. And it may even be God's will for you to struggle in your marriage, to go through rocky times. That is God's will within your marriage. Some of you are more encouraged right now than when you came in than when you're leaving, right? Because your marriage may be there. You need the 911. Yes, do it. That can re refine you. That can hone you. God does that in the midst of our struggles. And let me remind you, for those of you who are married, your marriage is not about your happiness. It is about your holiness. It is about becoming more like his son. That's what he wants you to do. And so don't get the wrong concept of where that's all going. And God can use those struggles to make you more like his son, Jesus. And ultimately, that's where he's leading you and guiding you in that process. Now, some of you may say, you know what, Pastor Brad? I've been praying this, and I've been praying for months. In fact, someone just kind of mentioned that to me on the way in. They said, I'm still praying. I said, great, keep praying. Um, let me give you a concept because some of you might say, I've got nothing. God hasn't given me an answer. Let me say it this way. Sometimes God doesn't have guidance that prefers this option over that option. Okay? When you go to lunch today, um, he probably doesn't care if you get a taco or a burrito. All right? Okay? Um, probably doesn't care much if you buy a, a Honda or a Toyota. Okay? And so if he's silent on some issues that all things considered doesn't damage you one way or the other, you choose. If he doesn't throw up a great big red flag or a great big, you know, go, then, then I would say if you put it honestly before him, 
then you get to choose. And in fact, if there's a couple of different houses that you may be applying for, or putting a mortgage in on, or, or an offer, and then having to get a mortgage and such, um, if, if he hasn't given you a great lien one way or the other, and they're about the same, then you get to choose. Now, if one is like twice as expensive and it's going to cause you to have to double, you know, payments and have to work overtime and have to change your whole lifestyle for that, I'd very definitely say God's word says, no, don't be slave to the debt. Don't, don't go down that road. But if they're the same and you decide we can afford this, we can make this work, then, then you know what? There are times that God doesn't answer specifically but he allows us to make that decision. Sometimes we get a strong leading, but other times either answer can work. Okay? So weigh, weigh those observations that you get, um, weigh those impressions with God's word. And then the last point I wrote down there was now worship. And thank God for speaking to you, because he will. He will. He will. He will speak to you and give you answers on this. Thank God for speaking to you. Habakkuk 3.2 says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. And you know, Tuesday night might be a time that you want to come down here and just pray, pray, pray at the altar, be led. You know, Pastor Stephen's leading that time. I will not be here on Tuesday. I'm unfortunately out of town, but I've made a commitment to pray with you all at 7 o'clock in the time zone I'm in. I'll be praying for you as well, and so I'll be joining you um, on Tuesday night. But that's my encouragement. Step out and pray. Come down here on Tuesday night even and pray and worship and know that God is so close and so near. Now, let me say it this way. As we've talked about these four different um, points, and uh, as you even take these points and and, and pray over them, use these steps, um, what I hope you will experience is that these are not four steps to a formula, but these are, these are four parts to a friendship that God gives us through his son, Jesus. Okay, do you see the difference there? Um, Jesus isn't some, like, you know, source of guidance man um, that we're supposed to go to. God isn't just like the big, you know, great guru on the hilltop. Oh, God, what should I do? Yes, that is God's, God, God does have that within him, and we often go to him with those types of things. But it's way deeper than that. It's way more than that. It's a friendship that he has offered us through his son, Jesus. A relationship that we have. And I guess my encouragement to you as well is that you wouldn't just be going to God when you're looking for answers. But you'd be going to him on a daily basis and say, God, speak to me. Even if things aren't, you know, pressing, God, let me go through Scripture and be able to worship you and to praise you. And in the midst of some of that, God may give you answers. Even when maybe you're not praying for that specifically, the more you expose yourself to God's will, the more you expose yourself to God's word, the more he will answer in those types of ways. But my encouragement is, is that, you know, we don't see him as just this big source of guidance kind of person. We see him rather as the one who gives us a relationship with his son that takes us to a deeper level. And Jesus modeled that for his disciples. When he shared the last supper with him, before he went to the cross, he gathered with his disciples, and Matthew records it like this, that after they ate a meal, it says Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and he said, take and eat, for this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, 
For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, I am making a way for you to have a relationship with my Father. A relationship that you couldn't have otherwise. A relationship that was more based upon your offering sacrifices, your killing of an animal, an unblemished animal, to have a right relationship with him. But now it goes well beyond that. And Jesus was offering to be that sacrifice for us. And when God said yes, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He stepped onto that cross. He died in our place. And as he died in our place, he provided a way for us to have access to God the Father relationship with him because now there's a new covenant not based upon works not based upon that blood sacrifice but based upon what jesus did for us grace given to us and so if you're here today and you know jesus christ is your lord and savior this is not a baptist table you don't have to be a member here at first baptist church you just have to be a part of the family and if you are then we say accept these Take the cup out, and we'll have two cups together. One will be a little wafer, one will be the juice. You can hold those separately, and I'll guide you in that process of doing communion together. But if today perhaps you're not in the family yet, perhaps today you would say, I haven't given my life to Christ, then we want to take care of that right now. So why don't we pause, why don't we pray, and let's allow God's Spirit to kind of speak to us as we go before Him and pray. God, thank you for an opportunity we have to be in relationship with you. I thank you for what that means, being your children. And God, as, as your children, you are our Father who so desires to give us guidance, love, and counsel. And we know that you do that um, based upon our relationship with you, based upon what Jesus did for us on the cross. You can say, yes, I'll speak to you directly. Yes, I will be your Abba Father. Yes. I will be the one who loves you through all things. And I will be the one who leads you and guides you. And so, folks, if uh, you know Christ as Lord and Savior, you've probably experienced this time before. Make sure as you approach this time, though, that you have a clear conscience, that you've asked God to forgive you the sins that maybe you've walked in here with and you've gone left or right with instead of straight ahead. Maybe it's a relationship that you know you need to Forgive someone. This will be your time to get your heart right, to get your heart pure as you take these elements before God. But let me remind you also, folks, if you're here today and you have never said yes to Christ, today would be the day to do that, to realize that God is so in love with you, to realize that you have a Heavenly Father who desires a relationship with you. It was made possible by what Jesus did for us on the cross And so today, if you simply pray the words, Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? I receive you as not only my Savior, but as my Lord. I repent of the things that I have done in my life. Lord, I ask you to forgive my sins. Today, I choose to follow you. Would you just pray that prayer? If that was the prayer of your heart, then he promises to come in. In fact, he has done that because he saw your heart. And we would say, join us now in remembering what Jesus has done for you. The bread, the wafer, his body given up as a sacrifice, his blood shed for us to cover the sins. God, thank you for this reverent act. We do not do this lightly. We do this to remember you and to know how good and loving of a father you are. 
Lord, thank you for sending your son Jesus for us. For it's in his name that we now partake of these elements. Amen.